0: G'day and welcome to the Larry Lakers Dribbling Chit Chat. We've been wondering what's going on in the uh, world of basketball. From Austin to Australia, the FIBA World Cup is heating up and there are Lakers, Lakers everywhere, including Austin Reeves. People have uh, said, please, please tell us what's going on. Part of the show, we're enjoying it. Well, let's continue. Please like, comment, share and subscribe and go to the YouTube and the podcast on the Larry Lakers Dribbling Chit Chat, a big thank you needs to go out first of all to you, the listeners. Those people who have been following us. We've hit number 43 today on the podcast there, the Chartable Apple Podcast. We're just one above the NBA front office and look, that could move up every day. It only gets close because you people listen and follow. So thank you and thanks for sending us your questions. It's your questions that make the show interesting to chat about every time. Here's a question now. Let's get off to a cracking start. Well, in fact, the question says, FIBA looks to be off to a great start, but are FIBA teams being out NBA'd? That's a really good question. It's from a fellow called Jai, the Retro Shoe Guy. Are FIBA teams in the World Cup being out NBA'd? He raises a really good question because... A lot of games have been close. The FIBA teams have got the jump sometimes on the fancy NBA opponents. The rules are a little bit different to them. Uh, Being able to knock the ball off the rim defensively. Whereas uh, you can't do that in the NBA, being able to leave a player in the key defensively for three seconds, whereas in the NBA you cannot leave a defender in there uh, for three seconds. So suddenly there's an extra help defender there back at centre, particularly those teams who drop a centre back. They can stay in the key or in a zone that centre can really control the middle. That's surprising. And the three fouls, well... 5 fouls is the total but it used to be in the NBA with 6 you probably get to 3 before people would think well that's enough for a half but now when you're at 2 3 fouls in the FIBA World Cup, you've got to make a decision. Do we sit this player down for the rest of the half? And there isn't a clear halfway mark. Three is a clear halfway at six fouls, but two, three foul mark. Uh, teams are getting exhausted. They haven't got enough depth, perhaps so far, against NBA teams, but they're surprising them. Can one of them beat them? one? Let's have a look at other games that we're uh, showing this depth of NBA talent. Last night, or yesterday, there was a cracking game between Canada and France. It was a ding-dong battle where France looked too good in the first quarter. In the second quarter, Canada came back a little bit, but the NBA depth of Canada, they've got the superstar, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, and they've got depth across every position. In another game, NBA players featured, as did... Lakers, more Lakers, more former Lakers at least, Jordan Clarkson in the game against Canada, sorry, no, the game against the Philippines, 38,000 people in the stadium, hoping the Philippines could win their first game against the Dominican Republic, and it was a tough game, but it was just a little more depth, a little more of a superstar with Carl Anthony Towns, and... To be fair, Jordan Clarkson fouled out and the game was reasonably close. A little bit of time left. He did a great job, but it wasn't enough to beat these teams. A little more NBA depth or an NBA superstar. Seems to be third quarter, fourth quarter, a big advantage to these teams in FIBA. Let's speak about the Canada game. Canada v. France. It was scoreless first quarter for Shay Gilgus Alexander. So we're thinking, how's this superstar going to win? In fact, at the end of the first quarter, it was Canada 14, France 18. By half time, it was 43. 43- uh, 40, so still a close game. In the third quarter, they really turned up the defensive pressure and um, crushed the French. They looked a bit fatigued. They couldn't keep going to Evan Fournier. Again, a little bit of foul trouble there. Rudy Gobert, an unsportsmanlike foul. He c- but seems to pretend he's confused about it or if he's not pretending he seems genuinely confused by some of the FIBA rules but the depth of Canada is one team we really want to look at shay Gilgus alexander 27 points 13 rebounds 6 assists superstar but what stood out to me was the depth first quarter Kelly Olinik kept them in it Nikel Alexander-Walker Uh, cousin of Shea-Gilgus Alexander. He looks like a a star when he's playing for Canada. Dylan Brooks, though, despite his criticism of playing against the Los Angeles Lakers and his criticism of LeBron and the world stood up and said, mate, when you've done something, then you can criticise. Dylan Brooks, he put his money where his mouth was and he kick-started what looked like a sleepy Canada in that first three or four minutes. He didn't. They were doing nothing, and he fired up. Uh, went in there. It looked like nothing was on. Slashed in off his own dribble. Again, we don't think he was a great dribbler. Drove in, big dunk. Missed a three, and we thought, "Well, there it is. He takes too many shots." Pops up on the other corner after they tap a rebound. Blood uh, ice in his veins. Takes the three, hits it. So Dylan Brooks showed what de- uh, defence they've got, particularly they can bring on Lugans Dort as well. Canada have got depth and they've got a superstar, watch. Now Junior Jono's got a question. Junior Jono, he's a Lakers fan, gets off the bus every day, it's after school, he wants to know from Dad, Big Jono, how the Lakers going? Well, Junior Jono has asked about his Laker uh, fandom, he's asked about Austin Reeves, how'd he go? Well, the USA edged away from New Zealand, 99-72. Now, people will think, oh, that's about right, NBA edged away, but it wasn't like that all the way through. They were lucky to get a narrow lead at the end of the first quarter. New Zealand played their heart out. Banchera had 21 points. Reeves had 12 points and 6 assists there, Junior Jono. Halliburton was a very classy guard again. He had 10 points, 4 rebounds and 3 assists. They were probably 3 standout players. New Zealand led 14 to the USSA 5, with just 4 minutes 50 left to go in the first quarter. So they really had to come back. They only led the USA 19 versus New Zealand's 18 at the end of the first quarter, 26-18 by the end of the second, so they didn't even have a 10-point lead going into halftime. They outscored them 31-22, so just by another nine. They were edging away. Fourth quarter, though, got out a little bit there again, but by 9. But they built on each of those leads. They edged away. Every time it looked like they were going to punch this out to big figures, New Zealand hung around. They fought. Well, And they just didn't have the depth. A little bit of foul trouble. These superstars would dribble in, race in, have the athleticism to get slightly between two. You'd get caught. You'd think it was a charge. The FIBA rule, call it against you. Sometimes the rulings went against the USA. They were called for travels. They were called for charges. They didn't think were theirs. But poor old New Zealand. It only takes a couple of fouls if you only got five, six players who could maybe hold their own against uh, NBA quality players suddenly you're stretching the other players and that depth with 2-3 uh, fouls, what do you do? Do you sit the player down? New Zealand, it looked like they were going to get smashed but they refused to they kept getting off the canvas and coming back at the USA they really were a brave team but the USA talent, the NBA talent in most of these games FIBA teams are surprising them early but NBA teams seem to be edging away Banchero in another interesting story, Banchero, Paulo Banchero nearly played for Italy, he was about to line up for Italy, could have been in this World Cup but the USA invited him to play in the USA team and he said listen Italy I'm sorry I'm playing for the USA but his father is of Italian heritage, Paulo Banchero who was a star last night for the USA almost played for Italy. Reeves, what was impressive about his play there for Junior Jono? A couple of times, New Zealand nearly out Austin to Austin. They nearly did a Reeves on Reeves. Uh, Smaller players would dribble in, look like they were covered, pull up on their dribble, not drag their pivot foot, Pivot around 360 or half almost, pivot back the other way, jump into their player, look like they could get off a shot or kick back a a pass. They nearly did a Reeves on Reeves. A couple of them got a shot off on Reeves, looked like stealing the ball or creating a fumble on him. He would always, next trip down the court, immediately hit back. He showed a real NBA uh, malice or an NBA pedigree for a guy that looks pretty calm and pretty unathletic or unassuming. He would come back every time it looked like they jostled him at the other end. He came back and fired on the offensive end or in defence himself with a block or a steal or getting himself in front of a player, getting his chest in front of him as they bumped all the way down to the ring and causing trouble for a bigger opponent sometimes or an athletic opponent. So great signs for Reeves. He bounced back. Every time I thought he was challenged, he hit back there for the USA with a three. Or if he looked like he was jostled or trapped on the ball, looked like he had to pick up his dribble, and you think, here, they're in trouble here. They've pushed up on him in defence. He'd fire a long penetrating pass. He did that very early as one of his first plays to Paulo Banchero to really start a bit of a return run when the USA was down in the first quarter. Reeves, Banchero and Halliburton made a big difference for the USA, but they looked strong, stronger than their opponent across all positions the longer the game went. So here's a question from Jumping Jack at Fole Lee. Fole like the horse and Lee there. So it might be from a horse area. Did Banchero show the Kerr's small ball works? Mm, good question. It did in this game. Coach Kerr looked like a genius. Not just that, it was the fresh spark. But I think it shows uh, we need a a bigger sample, but in this game, New Zealand were also a little bit worn out by depth. As we said, with these five fouls in FIBA, you get two and your coach is thinking, do I sub you off for the rest of the half? Not even just the rest of the quarter. You get two in the first quarter with bigger USA players jumping into you. You're not sure if it's a charge. Next thing you know, you're on two fouls and you might not even come back on for the half. That switchability, they could have J- Jalen Jackson on, Jalen Jackson, and then they could have... Um, Polo Benchero on. So the switchability for the US, they could play Jackson and drop-back drop, drop back coverage, and then they could play um, Planchero in more switching. So that, and the team's already tired, and they've got to switch, switch, switch. It was really hard for New Zealand. They fought on bravely, full credit to them, but we will give credit there to Coach um kerr because we did question whether they might want to play more walker kessler more walker kessler from utah the rookie and get that traditional big on and we hadn't really seen him in the warm-up games to see if we needed to uh, get him on as a safety package uh has he been tested so coach kerr looked like a genius last night But to be fair, I think New Zealand were a little worn thin and Banchero was able to take some advantage, but at least he was good enough to do that. He showed elbow jumpers, two threes in a row, classy player, playing as a big with too many NBA moves, especially when they're a bit fatigued uh, and stretched for the New Zealand team. Now, let's go to the other game. Australia beat Finland the day before that, and it was another one where the FIBA rules the team less likely to win on the favouritism side of things. Look, jump out, a couple of funny question or ruling or funny styles. Styles make fights, they say in boxing. Finland, jump out, they're playing um, all these big mediums. So big medium guards... Almost like a whole lot of small forwards, power forwards, plus the finesse centre, Larry Markinen. So suddenly it's a different mix-up. Luckily for Australia, they are strong. Strongest team we've ever had in terms of big wings. So Australia at least were able to match up there. Where we're skinny um, at centre... We were lucky in that, even with a little bit of early foul trouble, we weren't pushed too hard. We've only got Up Reef really as their biggest centre in the absence of Jock Landale, who'd hurt his ankle. So Australia's got to play small themselves. But they were questioned by... This uh, team from Finland really jumped out. It was 21-17 in the first quarter. It looked like Larry Markinen could run off screens. He'd made an all-star appearance this year. Utah, surprised by his talents, his ability to put the ball on the floor or hit the three or get in and play a little bit of big man, even though it's probably more of a finesse-style big man. He's seven foot, can hit the three. He looked like he'd give Australia great trouble. They adjusted their defence. For second quarter, it was uh, still close at half-time, but they edged away third and fourth quarter. He had much quieter second-half mark, and Australia did well. Paddy Mills, he led the charge with 25 points, 8 rebounds and 4 assists on 11-22, so he's been pretty dusty in the warm-up games but it looked like Paddy Mills at least is willing to go down firing. He uh, keeps throwing up the shots. They rattled in. They were shooter-friendly rolls, some of them, bounced off the ring back on the backboard or bounced off the front of the ring. The spring made it go up high. These are three-pointers sometimes, and they fell down and rattled back through. Um, The stats are great. I'm not sure if the eye test was 100% convincing, but the heart is on the eye test the motor of paddy mills no doubt about it the willingness he is going to keep shooting until he gets himself into form and he's willing and he's brave enough to do so dante Exum, 10 points and four assists in just 16 minutes we'd love to see more of that tim from tim hugs from destination anywhere tim hugs from destination anywhere i believe they're a travel group go and get a quote from them look them up on facebook destination anywhere get a quote from them on your next travel and say to them hey tim i I'm a, uh, I, I saw this or heard this on the podcast can you give us a quote And Tim will know, you listen to the podcast, you're a basketball follower. I'm sure he does his best for all his customers, but he'll be giving it double and triple time for the people who listen to the pod and follow the basketball destination anywhere. Josh Gidley, he flirted with a triple-double. He got 14 points, nine rebounds and eight assists. Look, Tim, I'm still a little bit worried about his shooting. The good news is, as you point out, he's very young at 20. How how is it he's only 20? Two years in the NBA. And uh, we're the beneficiary of it here. Didn't quite make the previous team they were pretty clever in protecting him they played a lot of warm-up games so australia developed his talents for international basketball but he didn't go to the olympics at tokyo where we got the bronze they protected him from going that final team he's since had the two years in the nba now he's looking great uh finland utah jazz larry marketing, 19 points eight rebounds and four assists again first half looked very dangerous through the third quarter you thought Australia could eke this out just edge away six points eight points even get it to 10 but it would only take two back-to-back stops two plays by Larry Markinen, and then suddenly be a four-point game again so you were worried that uh, Australia would edge out eight ten twelve points but couple of stops in a row and they'd be right back because he looks so dangerous Markkinen, and they were playing so well finland but australia edged away and kept really kept that compound interest and were able to build on their leaves through the third and fourth quarter sam slam and sam hugs has sent us a question slamming sam hugs aloft I believe this young man has got some sort of a balloon driving licence. That's not your common licence to have. You might have a car licence, but a boat licence. But these days, this young man's got a, a uh, balloon licence to uh, take those great balloons up. Slamming Sam hugs aloft. Is Patty back? Yeah, look, it, it looks like he's back. All the pictures have got him cheering and triumphant, but... I'd still like him to continue to build on this. He's back in the confidence, I hope. And I hope they start to go from rattling in to going in convincingly. Just making that splash sound, please, Sam. Question from one of our original listeners and original show questioners, Clayto at Mabs. Clayto at the Mabs. What about Mabs Josh Green? And... This is a good point, he says. Don't forget Dante Exum. A lot of people forget Dante Exum is back from the wilderness, basketball-wise. I'm sure they'd hate to call it that when you're over there. But Europe, he spent two years playing in Europe. He's played very well. He's shown his toughness. He's shown an ability to hit the three and pass and stay on the court because he was uh, injury-prone in his time with uh, Utah. So what happened with these two? Well... I was very impressed by them. Jumping Josh Green jumped out early in defence, despite himself having an elbow injury and bumping a knee in the trial games. You thought, this fellow's being called Deli on steroids. Are we ever really going to see him on the court, Clayto? But he got on. They protected him <laughs> through those trial games. They didn't push too hard when he was injured. And he got on the court, jumped straight away. Uh, in front of at midcourt as we said they had a lot of mid-sized ball carriers at one stage Mark had had to bring the ball up wide on the midcourt he shuffled across uh, in defensive slide, got himself in front of him took what he hoped was a charge both have sort of hit the ground but the person who got up gingerly we were worried about Josh Green but the person who got up the most gingerly of the two, unfortunately, was Larry Markkinen. Now, we hope he's all right and that that wasn't part of what slowed him down the second half. He played the second half, but Josh Green and the rotation of defence, Australia's first ever year with a lot of good mid sized bigs, so that Matisse Thibel, who did the great job for us at the Tokyo Olympics has more players that can be switchable mid-size bigs and that helped Australia wear down this team in the second half and part of that because he's a big guard he can play point or two guard can almost stretch defensively on a three Dante Exum he had another great game I thought Dante Exum is a player I'd like to see on we call for it here on the pod put Exum and Green on together. People say, why would you do that when you've got a potential all-star there in Josh Giddy and a previous superstar, the man who is the motor and heart of your team there, who can score three-pointers when he's on, Paddy Mills. I'd still be interested in seeing it there, um Clayto. These two guys, the reason I'd put them on is they can defend the, uh, the fast little guards, like the point of attack guards. Brazil showed a little bit of a, a brittle point of attack defence for Australia. Josh Giddy uh, lateral movement p- improved, but Brazil said they could zip around on the screen and roll, throw it to a big rolling in or stepping back out if they're the international fever bigs that can hit the three. And Exum I think we need three-point shooting. These two blokes, Exum and Josh Green, might be able to provide it just when our other three-point shooting's looking a bit dusty. But the old firm got back together, at least for this win in Finland. Uh, England Joe Ingalls, a couple of them looked dusty, but as they collapsed the defence over a couple of times and thought, well, he looks dusty, we'll leave old slow Joe over there at, at the 45 or on the corner. He hit them. They threw him over, and he's got that shooter's conscious. He's willing to take one even after he's missed a couple, and it looks like he's set like it's a foul shot. It doesn't look like he needs to run off a screen athletically and spring into the air like Paddy Mills, it looks like he's got all the time in the world because he's patient and he's a veteran. He um, brought it home for us there just when we needed a few threes, but the two difference makers, I thought, really were Josh Green and Dante Exum, and I'd like to be see them together I know that brings the question, who do you take off? But a little bit of time for those two together, I'd be interested in it. Coach, here's another question. This is from uh, two folks, I think, uh, together on their listening of the podcast, a group called Deacon and Dawson. Deacon and Dawson ask, what other positions impressed you, Tony? Well, Deacon and Dawson, who like to talk about favourite positions of basketballs through time and on teams and in Australia, and where do they start in their career and switch later in their career. Deacon and Dawson, Jack White. Jack White from OKC. You can see it on the YouTube, That if you go to our YouTube edition of this show, slightly different to our podcast. He's a bit smaller than our power forward Nick Kay. But he will line up. He's sort of a two-guard in height. But he'll line up on opposition threes. He'll line up against fours, power forwards. Especially since Nick Kay had the eyebrows split again by a Laker. Former Laker Wenyan Gabriel, former at this stage, still people calling out for him to be signed before the season starts. But Nick Kay, he was backed up beautifully by Jack White. So the coach, Brian Gorgian, knows he can rely on this young fellow. He's very athletic, but he's willing to bump away and do the blue-collar work. Duwop Reith, we called it here on the pod. Duwop Reith, a centre of Sudanese heritage, playing for the... Um, Serbian team in Europe, but he trialled. He had a summer league trial with Uh, the Portland Trailblazers, we've called it on this show that Duop Ruth, based on his form and his exposure, he was in as a backup, backup centre in the Australian team two years ago when they won the bronze in Tokyo that we keep harking back to. Duop Ruth hardly got any minutes. Now, suddenly we need him because Jock Landale's out. We haven't got Aaron Baines. We haven't got any other centres, really. We have to play Xavier Cooks. Up, perhaps as the next tallest, as a as a light centre. Uh, he's probably a finesse player, uh, who's probably a, a, a four playing very much up as a small ball big, and then the rest of the team has to swarm around, collapse down, and and play together to um, win small ball against bigger players. Great that we can rely on this Jack White to play up. Uh, a fair bit in terms of height and weight against other opponents. He impressed me. So White, Kay, Reith and Cooks, to answer your question, Deacon and Dawson. As what positions? Well, bench players, but they were probably uh, fours in uh, stretching to fives in most cases, whereas Reith is a, a definite a five centre. Here's our next question from a long-time listener Mick the Inca who doubts Polinka. That's a great sort of a, a call name. Mick the Inca who doubts Polinka. He wants to know who uh, how do these fever pool work? Is it like the a knockout as soon as you lose are you out? Do you get a second chance? What's going on? Do you play everyone in your pool? What happens if you sneak into third look unfortunately mick third does not cut it um there is the eight pools four teams in each of those pools you'll play every once you get three pool games you've got to win well you've got to be first or second to cross over Third and fourth will play for positions 17 down and uh, against the other teams, but most people don't want to be in those situations. You want to be going forward first or second, and points matter, so you can't just have garbage time in the fourth quarter, Mick. You need those points. Running through the groups there to uh, have a look at what's going on, so far, as of today, this Group A, Italy, ...has had a win there and the Dominicans have had a win there. The Philippines hosting the event there in Manila, they need a win. So those two teams are up in Group B... We are worried South Sudan needs a win because Serbia and Puerto Rico have had a win and China has not had a win. So in that pool, it looks like uh, Serbia and Puerto Rico have got a strong position. The Group C, the USA, they've got Jordan, Greece and New Zealand in their group and they've already beaten New Zealand. The other winner there is Um, Greece, and they'll play each other in the upcoming game. So uh, the next game for the USA is Greece. Group D, uh, Egypt, uh, Mexico, and uh, Lithuania are stars in that group. Lithuania look like they'll dominate that group with the great uh, Jonas Valentunas and Montenegro could be uh, the team to sneak in there uh, against uh, Mexico and Egypt. That'll be interesting. Looks like second in that group will be highly competitive. Group E, Germany, this is our group. If you're an Australian follower, Germany, Finland, Australia, and Japan. Of course, Japan, the host in this pool. Okinawa is where these games are being played, so Japan will be no easy win. But the tough games tonight, Australia have beaten Finland and um, Germany have already had a win. So Germany and Australia, the two winners are playing each other. Someone's going to have a loss at the end of this evening and be struggling to win their next game to make sure they slip into the, uh, the top two in that group. So pressure on Australia and Germany tonight. Group F, Slovenia. There and uh, Georgia look like being the uh, team to beat Cape Verde and Venezuela look like they won't quite be as competitive as uh, Georgia and Slovenia there with uh, Luka Doncic. Uh, He seems to be able to carry those teams over when we talk about NBA talent. Perhaps not the depth in Slovenia, but the all-star, superstar perhaps, more than just an all-star. Perhaps a superstar can make a big difference there as Carl Anthony Towns can with Dominican Republic and um, the next group uh, Iran, Spain Uh, it looks like uh, Spain and Brazil will probably uh, be better than the Ivory Coast and Iran and Group uh, H, this is a group where the team I think is one of the most dangerous to the USA and to Australia would be Canada we talked about them today not only do they have the superstar but they've got NBA depth not only in few spots but across every position i think uh, canada there might have and france should have too much for latvia who are missing um porzingis and lebanon so they should be the teams to watch out for they're the groups let's move on mick the inca big fins he sent us in a question Big Fins at Stacks of Wins. He says, thank you for the show so far. Well, thank you, Big Fins, for uh, being a follower right from the very first show. And what is next? Well, the next game uh, is a very similar question to a fellow here, Nesbitt. Nesbitt at b-ball never quits. Nesbitt at never quits. Can Australia really beat Germany? Well, these questions overlap from Big Fins? What's next? and Nesbitt at never quits. What about Australia v Germany? It's going to be a tough test. Dennis Schroeder, former Laker on Laker watch. Mo Wagner, drafted by the Lakers. His brother, um, he Max Wagner, he's going to be a handful there. Maybe Australia's mid-sized players can slow them down, but the Bigs will tire us out there as well. They've got Daniel Thies there and Mo Wagner and a couple of other bigs from the European competition. That's going to be a tough game. We really are going to be tested tonight. So this, we want to see how Australia answers tonight. 6.30 Australian time. And... um, the next game for the usa people have asked about they play greece so they have got um sunday so monday uh or even tuesday australian times but the next game for the usa is against greece and uh, would have been a great game if antenna uh Antetokounmpo antenna kubos was playing but Giannis wasn't available, but his brother is playing. Uh, Greece will play strongly, but I'd imagine the only team in their group uh, that asks them a question, uh, I'm not sure if they, anyone will in their group. The team in the competition to ask them questions are Germany, Canada, France. Possibly Australia. The teams that have got some NBA depth and talent—they're the ones that might put some questions through to this team. Um, thank you, though, uh, Nesbitt. It never quits, and um, Big Fins at stacks of wins. Until next time, you've been listening to the Larry Lakers. Good luck to the Boomers. All the best to Austin Reeves and any former Laker players. We wish you well. But please like, comment, share, subscribe. Have a look at us on YouTube. And thank you for liking and following the pod. Have a safe and healthy week. And keep the dribbling chit-chat going. Until next time.